Hello and welcome to Reading with Carrie, a mindfulness podcast series that can be used as a sleep aid or to ease your anxiety and relieve your stress. I am your host, Carrie Favel, and I am so thankful that you've decided to spend some time with me. First, I wanted to give a little podcast update. We now have reached over 1,000 downloads, most of which are from Spotify listeners, so thank you so much. I truly appreciate your support. If you have a moment, please rate this podcast so that it'll be easier for others to find. And if you have another moment, I would love it if you would share my podcast on your social media or any communities you may be a part of, such as, I don't know, a subreddit for podcasts. It's just another great way to grow the podcast. There are a lot of other things I'd love to do for you, such as starting a Discord, but I don't want to get ahead of myself while this podcast is still so new and tiny. I also feel like now is a great time for another resource shout out. Again, I am in no way sponsored, but I just heard about Psychology Today, which is a website that contains useful articles, trending topics, and resources to find a good therapist. They cover a variety of subjects, so you'll definitely find something relevant to you. Visit psychologytoday.com US for more information. Now, this podcast has focused on fairy tales quite a bit, so I wanted to broaden the series by bringing in some mythology. This is the story of Apollo and Daphne. Before we get started, as always, let's start with a mindfulness exercise. Today, let's do the heart activation breathing method. Close your eyes and just focus on breathing for a moment. Don't change the pace forcefully, just notate the process within. Try to gently encourage your breathing to slow a bit, perhaps internally count to four. Let your breath rest within your lungs for a beat, and then let the breath back out on a count of four, resting with your lungs empty for just a beat as well. Now imagine your breath going into and out from the heart. Biologically, we know that it is our lungs that perform this function. But for the sake of this exercise of aligning your mind with your heart, visualize the oxygen entering your heart or your chest and exiting out from there as well. It might help you to put your hand over your heart as you breathe to direct your focus to your heart. Settle into the rhythm of your breath, slowly coming into your heart and gently leaving it. It's okay if your mind wanders. Just make note of it and bring yourself back to focusing on your breath. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Great job. You've completed the exercise. As you know by now, I love to take a long, slow sigh to celebrate the realignment of my heart and mind. And I invite you to do so as well. If you need to, you can sit a bit more with your natural breathing rhythm. Continue this podcast when you feel ready. And now here's the story. Apollo and Daphne. A Modern Abridgment by Edmund Fuller. Originally, 
by Thomas Bullfinch. Daphne was Apollo's first love. It was not brought about by accident, but by the malice of Cupid. Apollo saw the boy playing with his bow and arrows, and being himself elated with his recent victory over Python, he said to him, What have you to do with warlike weapons, saucy boy? Leave them for hands worthy of them. Behold the conquest I have won by means of them over the vast serpent who stretched his poisonous body over acres of the plain. Be content with your torch, child, and kindle up your flames, as you call them, where you will, but presume not to meddle with my weapons. Venus's boy heard these words and rejoined, Your arrows may strike all things else, Apollo, but mine shall strike you. So saying, he took his stand on a rock of Parnassus and drew from his quiver two arrows of different workmanship, one to excite love, the other to repel it. The former was of gold and sharp-pointed, the latter blunt and tipped with lead. With the leaden shaft he struck the nymph Daphne, the daughter of the river god Peneus, and with the golden one, Apollo, through the heart. Forthwith the god was seized with love for the maiden, and she abhorred the thought of loving. Her delight was in woodland sports and in the spoils of the chase. Many lovers sought her, but she spurned them all, ranging the woods and taking no thought of Cupid nor of Hymen. Her father often said to her, Daughter, you owe me a son-in-law, you owe me grandchildren. She, hating the thought of marriage as a crime, with her beautiful face tinged all over with blushes, threw her arms around her father's neck and said, Dearest father, grant me this favor, that I may always remain unmarried, like Diana. He consented, but at the same time said, Your own face will forbid it. Apollo loved her and longed to obtain her, and he who gives oracles to all the world was not wise enough to look into his own fortunes. He saw her hair flung loose over her shoulders and said, If so charming and disorder, what would it be if arranged? He saw her eyes bright as stars. He saw her lips and was not satisfied with only seeing them. He admired her hands and arms, naked to the shoulder, and whatever was hidden from view, he imagined more beautiful still. He followed her. She fled, swifter than the wind, and delayed not a moment at his entreaties. Stay, he said, daughter of Peneus. I am not a foe. Do not fly me as a lamb flies the wolf, or a dove the hawk, for it is for love I pursue you. You make me miserable, for fear you should fall and hurt yourself on these stones, and I should be the cause. Pray run slower, and I will follow slower. I am no clown, no rude peasant. Jupiter is my father, and I am lord of Delphus and Tenedos, and know all things, present and future. I am the god of song and the lyre. My arrows fly true to the mark. But alas, an arrow more fatal than mine has pierced my heart. I am the god of medicine, and know the virtues of all healing plants. Alas, I suffer a malady that no balm can cure. The nymph continued her flight, and left his plea half-uttered, and even as she fled she charmed him. The wind blew her garments, and her unbound hair streamed loose behind her. The god grew impatient to find his wooings thrown away, and, sped by Cupid, gained upon her in the race. It was like a hound pursuing a hare, with open jaws ready to seize, while the feebler animal darts forward, slipping from the very grasp. So flew the god and the virgin, he on the wings of love, and she on those of fear. The pursuer is the more rapid, however, and gains upon her, and his panting breath blows upon her hair. 
her strength begins to fail, and ready to sink, she calls upon her father, the river god. Help me, Peneus. Open the earth to enclose me, or change my form, which has brought me into this danger. Scarcely had she spoken when a stiffness seized all her limbs. Her bosom began to be enclosed in a tender bark. Her hair became leaves. Her arms became branches. Her foot stuck fast in the ground as a root. Her face became a treetop, retaining nothing of its former self but its beauty. Apollo stood amazed. He touched the stem and felt the flesh tremble under the new bark. He embraced the branches and lavished kisses on the wood. The branches shrank from his lips. Since you cannot be my wife, said he, you shall assuredly be my tree. I will wear you for my crown. I will decorate with you my harp and my quiver. And when the great Roman conquerors lead up the triumphal pomp to the capital, you shall be woven into wreaths for their brows. And, as eternal youth is mine, you also shall be always green, and your leaf know no decay. The nymph, now changed into a laurel tree, bowed its head in grateful acknowledgement. There's a lot to this story, and I'm sure it could be broken down to so many pieces, but I think the takeaway theme for us, in terms of this podcast, should be how our emotions can overcome us. Apollo with his love for Daphne, and Daphne with her disgust towards Apollo. Some interpretations focus on chastity versus love, or even predator versus prey, but as these concepts can be triggering for some listeners, I don't want to focus too much on the specifics of Apollo and Daphne's relationship, but rather the effect that their emotions had on them. Now, granted, it was Cupid's fault for how they felt about one another, but even this I think we can incorporate into our own lives. Chemical imbalances in our brains are literally out of our control and can cause disorders like depression, bipolar, borderline personality, etc. Since I am not a licensed medical professional, I am not going to begin to discuss any treatments someone suffering from one of these illnesses should or should not be participating in. However, I am confident in the fact that mindfulness can help. It's a great simple supplement to any other actions you may be taking in your life. When you practice mindfulness, and more so cognitive behavioral therapy, you can start to change the way you approach issues in your life, as well as your own behavioral habits. Through this change, you can take control over your feelings and emotions. You'll understand when your perspective may be askew, and you may find yourself more receptive to how others might view the situation. As Carlos Wallace says, you own your feelings. You own your thoughts. You control both. No one has the right to any of it, to any of you, without your permission. Bodhi Sanders continues this thought for us. When you react, you let others control you. When you respond, you are in control. I want to end with a third and final quote by Karen Waddell. Don't let people who don't care about you manipulate your mind, feelings, and emotions, or control how you think about yourself. Never give that much power to someone else. Thank you for listening. I welcome you back anytime you may need to hear a comforting voice or a familiar bedtime story. <laughs>